What's up, everybody? Happy Thursday. Great to be with you guys for another installment of Taking It Back. I'm with my good buddies, Frankie Val of the Quite Frankly Show, Zach Payne of Red Pill 78. Happy Thursday, guys. How are we doing this week? Guys, for another installment of Taking Whoa. It Back. Whoa. with mine. That, that's no, that's my computer. I, I was again, <laughs> I was I was watching the Fannie Willis hearing <laughs> before I got here. And so the volume is up on my browser. So apologize. I'm doing well. Frank, how are you? I'm okay. What's going on with Fanny Fannie Willis? Um, well, you know, I, I don't think it looks too good for, her. uh, the first witnesses that were brought out directly contradicted her testimony and Nathan Wade's previous testimony that they, um, entered into the record in their court filings. Uh, she also appears to be a very hostile witness and the judge appears to be losing his patience with her. So I like it. I like where it's going. I haven't seen much of it i've seen like maybe a 90 second clip of her and she's a nasty woman man she's a extremely nasty woman she she comes from the streets you can tell like she, <laughs> she she'll cap a bitch and she don't care <laughs> so from what i understand though i mean she's pretty much caught in a lie here as far as when her relationship with the prosecutor nathan wade started and that's all coming out even uh they're they're losing msnbc uh i saw I saw this clip here, just to throw it out there. Um, it's only like 40 seconds long. Yeah, this this has been a bombshell, and it was a slow, a sort of a slow burn. But um, if you if you parse the language, huge, huge issues here. And I want to be really clear: this is not about a relationship between two consenting adults. This has nothing to do with that. It's about lying to the court. It's about potential financial gain on the part of Fannie Willis, and not not even so much that that's a second that takes the back seat here. The issue is that her credibility is shot. Um, just as Anthony was saying, if she lied to the court, she submitted something to the court that she knew was false and inaccurate. What else was she lying about? It's a horrible, horrible look for her. I think this case is dead in the water. Yeah. This I mean, when you lose that, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> this case is dead in the water. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for playing, guys. We'll see you next time. Woman <laughs> was going around on MSNBC a year and a half ago. It was dead before then. It's just no. no what's what's funny is that it's them now that's saying it. You know, I love this like catch-up game. Like yesterday, Michael Schellenberger, like, oh, they were looking for Spygate documents at Mar-a-Lago. No shit, Sherlock. Where have you been? You know, I mean, like we knew this. We all knew this. We are like like a year and a half to two years ahead of the news cycle. Even even further than that, I think. <laughs> I mean, the Spygate thing is like what five, six years at this point. Oh, well, yeah, like, but no, but but I mean, like the raid on Mar-a-Lago. Okay, they're now saying you know it's starting to be reported by mainstream sources. Oh, like oh gosh, I guess we had this one all wrong. It seems like the regime was actually looking for the evidence that would make Obama guilty. So, ooh. well, even then they were talking about how it was like a CIA setup, like that was revelatory. But I'm pretty sure we were talking about that a long time ago about the the cia's involvement in in all of that with oh, absolutely yeah so the O'Connor O'Connor's lures thing that that came out years ago like yeah. 2018 i want to say yeah um so in your opinion guys how does if if fanny willis is removed and you know found to be 
Um, I don't know if guilty is the right word. It's not like a criminal trial on her right now, but uh, how does that affect Jack Smith's January 6th case? Because aren't they kind of working together? Isn't there like a lot of crossover there? I mean, but like behind the scenes, I know that there's, I I mean, like, so, so the January 6th on select committee, they were working with Fannie Willis. They were giving her information to try to allow for someone to charge him with some sort of crime because they couldn't charge him with any crimes. All they could do is just present findings. Now, uh, so so that all is related to that. But the January 6th case in D.C. is separate. I mean, it's, it's state jurisdiction versus federal jurisdiction. Um, personally, I mean, I think all of the cases uh, are built on a house of cards. I mean, I, I think that every single one of them is clearly political in nature. And the evidence that exists in quotations uh, is, is slim to none at best. I mean, there's no crimes that have been committed. Uh, everything that has been alleged down in Fulton County as a series of innocuous uh, instances, you know, random things that people did that she put together. Well, this means this, you know, A means B, but B means X. And then it just continues on like that. And even the, the, um, the guilty pleas that she did get uh, like Chesboro and Powell, those were things that they did that were not related to President Trump in different counties. I still am not aware of how Fannie Willis was able to charge them with crimes in another county. Like, if anything, that should have been uh, something that was charged by the DA for whatever county that was. I, I don't remember which one it was. Yeah. Is she like so she's basically caught making false statements to the court as a process is that is that a criminal offense like is is she criminally that is yeah i mean and, you know perjury is a criminal offense for her i'm not so certain that she would be charged with perjury i think it's more likely that she perhaps could lose her law license i think definitely she's going to be thrown off this case um which is then going to kill the case outright because the entire district attorney's office will have been discredited on this. They're not going to be able to, to take it to its logical conclusion. So, so yeah, the case will be dead in its entirety. And Fannie Willis is probably going to have to retire uh, to Belize with Nathan Wade and get uh, tattoos on the beach. Cause that's what they were doing. <laughs> I just like to point out that uh, Fannie Willis is a very, uh, this is the prototypical person who is in charge of every after school budget from from us coast to coast especially in in inner cities and all that stuff the skim is never ending and uh yeah. and of course they're doing it on, on big levels big levels uh you know enriching themselves giving to their lovers and this and that i'm telling you it, it does not matter if it is a case that is going to put a former president on trial or if it is managing the budget of an after-school program somewhere in Chicago. This is just, these are the people who are given power and privilege and money, our money to spend. It, so it makes me want to throw up. Um, it, as much as I love seeing these these psychos twist, especially after they've had time in the public eye to kind of like dunk on other people and, and go, you know, and uh, strut around like a proud peacock and talk their shit. I love when they, when they have to eat crow, but at the same time, it only makes me 
feel that much more disgusted that this is just so such a pervade. Fannie Willis is such a pervasive type of person. They're everywhere, everywhere. So it feels good to get one. But man, oh, man, is the rot deep. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's quite literally like you're just scraping the surface off a scab and there's still a, a pussy boil underneath and it's going to take a long time to drain it and then allow it to heal. So I get where Frank's uh, discontent comes from. Ugh. <laughs> I know it's disgusting to me, too, but I mean, I, I feel it is so important to celebrate whatever small wins you can get because. I mean, let's be honest, guys. I mean, the last several years, I mean, I don't know, most of my life, it's been a brutal slog. I, I just have to be honest here. You know, I mean, I feel like we've been, you know, fighting against an insurmountable mountain uphill continuously forever. And, you know, at, at one point I would have thought we would never crest. We would never make it to the top. We would never make it over. We would never start going downhill and having it just a little bit easier. But I can see it. It's within reach. It's just going to take time. And then the most important thing is once we get there, uh, we're still going to have battles to face. I mean, I think one of the, the the traps that people fall into is thinking like, you know, one day we're going to beat the deep state and that's it. And they're never going to be around anymore. And everything's going to be milk and honey. We're going to be living in Xanadu, basically uh, <laughs> a Republican paradise. But that's just not the way it's going to be. These people at best are going to retreat. They're going to regroup. And they're going to be ready to come back after us. And that's honestly, I think, what happens, you know, with this like cyclical fourth turning uh, type scenario that we find ourselves in right now. You know, things get good and then they kind of mellow out. People get weak. They get bad again. And then it forces us to reevaluate, come back together, coalesce our efforts. And then we get good again. And, you know, it just repeats over and over again. Yeah, it's just a matter of, you know, when things get bad, do they get pushed beyond the point of of no return or not? And I think that's that's kind of like the the intersection we're at right now. Do do we reset the trajectory and, and go back towards good times or do we allow this godless cabal to to kind of put us in a position where we can't really escape it? Or like it feels like we're we're constantly teetering on the edge lately, but things do seem to be breaking in the right direction, at least at least when you look at certain things. So um i completely agree let's uh let's let's take a quick minute and take care of our first sponsor which is easy rx this is uh, a two-part ad so hopefully i don't screw this up uh all right so we constantly talk about health and different ways to help and get many questions about ivermectin and where to get it that's why we partnered with easy rx they have a huge selection of meds at badlandsmedia.tv forward slash Easy RX, or click the description box below and use promo code Badlands for 10% off your order of $150 or more. Easy RX is uh, not uh, not only has a huge selection, but also quality assurance, big savings, and fast shipping. If you're looking for ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, or fembendazole, uh, the the head ah, then head that way today. Don't forget about the fen. Fenbendazole. Uh, they have tested fenbendazole on worms and parasites that can live inside of us without obvious signs and can lead to complications from bowel obstruction to loss of appetite, loss of weight, anemia, lung infection, and liver congestion. The fenbendazole, <laughs> I don't know why his words killing me so bad. The fenbendazole seems to have different qualities uh, in that some people have stated it helps them uh, in that area with the cancer. Here's a clip to remind us of what has happened when people take fenbendazole. 
And I want to thank them for putting that word in there 20 times. There we go. Here's part two. My own research that once you have wide metastasis, small cell lung cancer, you're literally a goner. The 0% chance of survival at three to six months of life expectancy. And I was basically told to go home, get my affairs in order, and think about hospice. And the next day, I got a call from a large animal veterinarian in western Oklahoma. There's a college friend and family friend. And he told me this crazy story about a scientist at Merck on the veterinary side who has been doing cancer research on mice and she had hundreds of mice that she had implanted cancers in all their body parts, brain, stomach, liver, pancreas, etc. And her mouse population came down with intestinal parasites. And so she had no choice but to save her research. She gave her all of her mice finbendazole. If you went out to any zoo in the world, they bring in finbendazole truckload, front-end loader, head-high piles in bays because they give that drug to every single animal in the animal kingdom. And one of the oldest and safest drugs around, right? Yeah, it's been around for 40 years. All right, guys, that's badlandsmedia.tv forward slash EZRX, promo code BADLANDS for 10% off your purchase of $150 or more so big thank you to EZRX. thank you guys for taking care of our sponsors and uh, please hit that thumbs up button and share the link if you're watching on rumble those of you on pilled hanging out with us on 412 productions please hit the red pill button and repost the show all right uh so after not long after we ended last week's show tucker carlson dropped his interview with vladimir Putin, which was super interesting. What did you guys what did you guys think of, of Tucker's interview with with Putin? What stuck out to you guys? Uh I mean what stuck out? I think that uh, the most the the cool for for someone like me, I guess, it was just the the Nord Stream. I think the 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 forthright uh you know addressing of the Nord Stream pipeline, that was pretty good. But there was a lot of things that were wanting. Like I said, like I said before, it was even launched, especially to my audience. I said, this is really not going to be for you and I. Um, it, it's it's uh, Tucker Carlson, obviously, as a journalist, has to take that opportunity. And the mainstream media is going to freak out because the last thing that they ever want to um, to have happen is have people be able to see something done raw and hear something come from people without there being constant cutaways and any kind of you know uh, reader's guide for the the program that night but i don't know i don't know there's uh he, de he definitely knows his history and it's nothing too too groundbreaking but uh, obviously it was a big get yeah so what stood out to me is that it was less an interview by Tucker and more just a lecture on the, the history of uh, Russian geopolitical strategy over the course of uh, the last thousand years, which I definitely appreciated. I mean, that's not the kind of thing that you often hear. It's certainly it's not taught in schools, but it really goes to show the level of commitment that Vladimir Putin has to the region and to the Russian people. Because there is so much backstory to this. I mean, it's not as simple as a soundbite like the media and the government will had, would have you believe. You know, it's like Vladimir Putin is a tyrant. He's killing Ukrainians. That's all. It has nothing to do with anything else. But Putin obviously illuminated something very different um, and less an interview because Tucker really didn't have all that many, you know, probing questions for him. I mean, he he kind of had to just get led along. Sometimes that's what happens. You have someone on and they have 
a lot to say because, you know, they really want to introduce that background. I would love to have actually seen a series of interviews where perhaps uh, Putin had a chance to illustrate his points in that initial interview, and then we could move on to additional questions. What also stuck out to me and what I thought was really important uh, was that this was an opportunity for the, the American people to really see who Vladimir Putin was rather than just taking that caricature that's presented on the mainstream media and uh, going with it. I mean, how many times have you had someone come up to you and say, Putin is insane. Putin is a he's a dictator. You know, Putin is a madman. And I think it's quite obvious that he wasn't. In fact, I thought it was uh, increasingly refreshing the further along in that interview that it got, especially when you compare it to the leadership that we have in the United States of America today. You know, I mean, it, and it, it was also quite clear that we've been the bad guys since World War II, essentially. Not to say that communist Russia or the USSR didn't have their part to play in the whole thing, but certainly since the fall of the Soviet Union, uh, it was quite obvious that they wanted to reach out. They wanted to become part of the international community. But the United States and the West have always required some existential boogeyman, some sort of nebulous threat that we have to have to fight against, to rally the troops around and to coalesce the country and their anger at. Because then we have an excuse to spend money. We have an excuse to uh, extend our influence out across the world. And um, yeah, it, uh, it it just, I, all, I could, all I kept thinking about was uh, how many deaths have resulted from failed U.S. foreign policy on behalf of the narcissists that we have here in our State Department and the Pentagon. And uh, I think that that number is incalculable. It was uh, pretty horrific. Yeah, no, no kidding. Um, so some of this out to me, one, just his ability to have the conversation, a long form conversation. I tried to I tried to picture Joe Biden giving a similar type interview. And it just the quality of 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 leader the the comparison was was just funny to me because at the same time you had this robert her report coming out that i want to talk about in a little bit uh talking about how biden's basically senile uh and and too forgetful and 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 old to charge with any crime so you had that come out the same day you had vladimir putin sit down and give uh you know give this interview with tucker carlson or at least the same day it was released so i thought like the the ab comparison there was pretty interesting and then the talk about the denazification of Ukraine, I thought was really important too. Uh, a lot of who's pushing help for the Ukraine or the, all this aid for the Ukraine is the left. And, you know, they're all anti-fa, anti-Nazi, anti-fascist. Yet so many of them are ignorant to the fact that all that money being sent over there is going to, you know, support things like the Azov Battalion and the neo-Nazi movement in Ukraine. You know, Putin said um, the West will continue to support and fund these Nazis, they'll fund anybody who is willing to provoke Russia. And I thought that was pretty interesting uh, and, and definitely something that doesn't get enough conversation or, or exposure around here. So I thought that was huge, you know, bringing up the, the denazification aspect, because I, I feel like that would turn a lot of normies, quote unquote, against this whole support for Ukraine thing. Well, he also left it pretty open ended, which I thought was interesting. Like, what does denazification mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He wasn't going to just come out and say, oh, I guess we're going to have to go in there and clean them out. Because mm. uh, they, because Tucker pushed them on it twice, I think. Yeah. Um, the second time he said, well, there was an agreement. 
I forget which agreement it was that uh, that Nazism was something that was not going to be tolerated in any of in any of these these countries and territories and whatnot. So uh, again, who is the enforcing mechanism for that, and who jumps in? And that's the other thing here too. Nazism. Um, I get, is that just the, is what is not allowed the veneration of, of actual Nazi leaders, the SS people within Hitler's sphere of influence, or is it national socialism that is not allowed? Uh, I, I, that's, that's what I don't, I don't understand. Um, because as much as I am not a fan of national socialism, fascism, I don't, I don't necessarily care if a far off nation goes and chooses to centralize their, their government that way. Um, so I, I don't, I don't understand if it's a, uh, if it's an actual, uh, rooting out of any kind of group of people or a caucus of people who venerate Nazi leadership from the 20th century, or if this is a, if this is some kind of a, a you know, planting your feet in the ground, saying no, no socialism. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure that it th this is a direct response to the specific type of national socialism that is in practice in Ukraine, because the Nazis that escaped from Germany did not get picked up by Russia. Uh, left at the end of World War II, they went into Ukraine. And the Americans through the CIA, OSS then CIA, uh, they went into Ukraine and they propped up those old Nazis, which ended up becoming the Azov Battalion. And that specific group had intense hatred for Russia because you know, the animosity existed between Russia and, and Germany prior to the end of World War II. Um, but, you know, direct hatred thereafter because Germans killed a lot of Russians, Russians killed a lot of Germans. If it wasn't for the presence of Russia in the Second World War, Hitler probably would have won. He probably would have taken over Europe. So they didn't like that at all. And so when they moved into Ukraine and the CIA basically pumped money in the, into them to ensure a counterpoint in the region to a, a strong USSR, uh, those are the people that are now basically running the Azov Battalion. You know, it's racial purity, uh, you know, obviously nationalism. I am a nationalist myself, but it's a specific breed of pure racial nationalism. And uh, you combine that with uh, a, an abject hatred for the Russian people, even though they have, you know, genetics in common. Interesting. Um, yeah, the, the, the whole conversation uh like i said like you said there it wasn't necessarily for us but i did i did find that aspect of it uh really really interesting do you guys see any of the the videos tucker carlson had put out today uh involving russia he went to a grocery store hmm. and he was checking out like the the infrastructure and the subway stations there do you guys see this yeah i i i saw it i saw the coverage i haven't seen the videos I'll, I'll play just one here. It's only a minute long, but he goes to a grocery store and he loads up what essentially he thought would be about $400 worth of groceries. He was buying them here in America. Uh, check this out. I went from amused to legitimately angry. Um, 
so we were guessing what this would cost. Everybody hears from the United States by groceries, and we didn't pay any attention to cost as we were just putting in the cart what we would actually eat over a week. And we all came in around 400 bucks, about 400 bucks. Um, it was $104 US here. And that's when you start to realize that ideology maybe doesn't matter as much as you thought, corruption. If you take people's standard of living and you tank it through filth and crime and inflation, and they literally can't buy the groceries they want, at that point, maybe it matters less what you say or whether you're a good person or a bad person. You're wrecking people's lives in their country, and that's what our leaders have done to us. And coming to a Russian grocery store, the heart of evil, and seeing what things cost and how people live, it will radicalize you against our leaders. That's how I feel anyway, radicalized. Did he go into, uh, did he go into whether or not Russian toothpaste has to be kept behind bulletproof glass? <laughs> no. I don't no. think it does. <laughs> okay. I wonder, I wonder what's going on there. Yeah, there... <laughs> There, there was a, there's a longer version of the video where he actually goes around and, and does the shopping and just pointing out how like the sanctions that you know are supposedly hurting them so bad aren't really doing anything uh showing that they have you know all the same quality of products and foods that we have i mean the, the subway that that's what like a a lot of american subways looked like for most of the 20th century like they were ornate they were gorgeous I mean, they seriously, you can, you can tell that we were on a trajectory to, we were building up a paradise over here and uh paradise lost, no doubt. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I'll, I'll just, I'll play it silently in the background here. Uh, and let, and let you take. So here's, here, here are the subways in, uh, in Russia. I mean, no homelessness, no no dirt, no filth, no crime. Uh, absolutely gorgeous infrastructure in Russia. And what's I think what Tucker's talking about when he says it, it radicalizes you against the U.S. is our our economy. The potential for our prosperity is way higher than Russia's. I feel like yet we don't have. You know, we don't have this, you know, our our subways are are falling apart, filled with all kind of filth and homeless and crime. And it's all self-inflicted. Right. I mean, that's I think it's, it is multiculturalism is a weapon of mass destruction. <laughs> that the, yeah. the, This is a homogenous country. That's why when I, I that's why I always laugh when when uh, when people talk about. Um, people talk about how all of their socialist dreams over here in the United States are never coming true. And they look, they, they look at Scandinavian countries that are able to socialize one, one thing or another, one social public need or another and whatever. And, um, and, and these are the same types of people that talk about racism and this and that, and they point to homogenous whiter countries that are, are the size of like Connecticut and are able to work with their in state budgets better to, to, to I mean this whole thing homo, you're talking about homogenized uh, uh nations I mean this is it uh ladies and gentlemen it, multiculturalism is a weapon of mass destruction and uh, I mean it's 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 hard obviously Tucker Carlson is not going to come out and say well what's missing from this picture 
It's all white native Russians sharing one culture. Now over here in the United States, or at least for a long time, yeah, it was it was a lot more of a white majority, but we were a, a lot more of, of an integrated society that's that had common bonds. So mm-hmm. there even though we were different people and we came from different places, we had common bonds. So that's what made us homogenize in that in that in that idealistic uh ideological sense um from an American traditionalist sense. So whatever the hell the bond is, it doesn't matter. You know, you just, you just got to keep it intact. And the people over here, they've been, I mean, the, the smash and grab culture over here, and that is from D.C. on down, because they're smashing and grabbing everything they can as well. It's just just what it is. I mean, some people have taken a little bit more of a uh, racial observation to the whole Tucker Carlson bit, which is valid, but it's not the whole story. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... Anyway. I mean, it's it's the complete mismanagement of our resources, intentional mismanagement of our resources. I mean, if you took the $200 billion we've dumped into Ukraine and were to put that into the subways in this country or into the the public school system, uh, into food production or, you know, actually you know, liberating American energy or, or, or the border or, you know, a combination of those things, I feel okay. like so much would change very, very quickly. It, it, you're, you never get, you never get those, um, those funds allocated. They, they, they piss them away. You know, you talk about an infrastructure bill for a trillion dollars, less than 10% of it actually goes towards infrastructure. It goes all over the world to all kind of weird shit that has nothing to do with, anything that's going to benefit the people of the United States. So I agree with you, the, you know, the, the, the aspect of it that you were just talking about. Uh, but it, I, I feel like there's also just a bunch of crooks in charge of the, the, the purse of this country. And they don't, they don't use the massive amounts of money they extort from the American people every year to actually benefit the American people. They, they literally just set it on fire or piss it away. And that's a huge issue too. Spe- speaking of which, the um, Ukraine funding bill, uh, Ukraine, well, what are they called? The National Security Act. Uh, that that whole fight <laughs> going on right now in Congress. I don't know if you guys heard the um, the the leaked audio Senator Ron Johnson put out there, kind of exposing Mitch McConnell and how he handled the the border negotiation with that basically taking off any real security mm-hmm. cutting off the republican leverage before the negotiations even started clearly this was always the goal was just to pass a foreign aid bill separate of anything else uh it goes it goes to Mike Johnson in in the house he says we're not going to do it and then all of a sudden all of a sudden in in one of the the, the uh homeland security committee you have Mike Turner coming out and saying there's an imminent Russian national security threat, like right on schedule. I mean, could this bullshit be any more obvious? Yeah, I mean, I, that's the first thing I thought. Like, how convenient, you know, nukes in space. Watch out. You know, yeah, it's clearly just an effort to drum up more money, another couple hundred billion dollars to send it over to Ukraine. You know, now we're going to need some super missile packages uh, right there on the border of Russia and Ukraine so that. Uh, if and when Russia releases nuclear hell upon the United States, they'll be ready to uh, stop it, head it off of the pass. But you know, it's it's very transparent. Uh, I feel like it's 
I don't understand how anybody couldn't see it. I mean, it just seems like the veil has completely been lifted. The uh, the reaction to Donald Trump to uh, on Saturday last last weekend, he gave, uh, you know, one of his rally speeches and he talked about he's talked about this before, how, you know, the other countries in NATO don't pay their their share. And he was saying, uh, you know, I, I spoke to them and I said, not only are we not going to protect you, but I'll I'll tell I'll tell the, the, the you know, Russia or whoever, do whatever the hell they, you want. And people have been losing their damn minds over this i mean every every mainstream news clip that i see is trump is encouraging you know our uh, russia to attack nato allies things like that it's such a joke yeah attack nato allies exactly what it translates to <laughs> ridiculous meanwhile we attack germany uh, if if it weren't for if it weren't for Germany having alternative energy uh, alternative energy sources to uh, being able to circumvent the laws of Nord Stream, uh, the United States would have directly froze millions of Germans to death over the last winter. I mean, it, it was just it's just. Well, I mean, they're going to have to move those climate refugees somewhere. Oh yeah, well, yeah. Ger Germany know. seems as good a place as any. <laughs> oh. Right. I can't believe that's how they sell it too. They're they're climate refugees. They're they're running they're running from the climate. Yeah, yeah. It's so hot. You got Bedouins living in the desert, like on practically no water all day for centuries, and now suddenly they're gonna run and go to the United States or some other country simply because it's hot. Whatever. Take me to the equator. I'll go. <laughs> I need to go and find myself a better climate. <laughs> yes, you do. Do you think that climate refugees would would actually be leaving the planet? You would think. <laughs> no, I, I, I it makes sense. You can always go into a different direction where it's like slightly you're 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 farther away from the equator. But mm -hmm. I mean, the real, the real solution uh, in, in global meltdown, which is what they're talking about now, is to leave the planet. We should get them out of here. You know what? I was actually just thinking the other day, I mean, about how many different sci-fi movies I've seen where the plot is that, you know, global warming has destroyed the Earth and our only hope is to colonize Mars or something like that. You know, let's get on a giant spaceship and we're going to the far end of the galaxy where we know where there's another planet we can go ahead and screw up. And uh, and so I'm wondering how soon it's going to be before they they start using that in in the real world, because. I mean, I'll be happy. Put them on that ship. <laughs> send, them, <laughs> send them to Mars. <laughs> if I think it would be amazing to have most progressive voters, uh, all of Congress, all of the bureaucracy. I, I would love to see all the bureaus, all the agencies. I would love to see all of them leave the planet. And, and it, it would be just so amazing. It'd be so amazing to suddenly be without a government and without the people who have been ruining everything truly ruining everything and um and making it un, un just untenable to live i i think that would be a really really awesome thing and <laughs> just kick rocks on on mars do you would... remember do you remember that video of uh 
that it was it was like the like the the students for a democratic society or something like that during the 2016 election they were trying to have a meeting and everybody that got up was like you know like listen i'm really triggered by a lot of noise so if everybody can instead of screaming can you just clap okay great now when you come up here could you also use your pronouns okay now and they had to like talk about the ground rules for like four hours before they even began the meeting and then by that point it was like guys i've got to study <laughs> we need to leave <laughs> that's it yeah, that's how it would be. Point of personal privilege. Point, point oh of personal God. privilege. Personal privilege. Yeah, because they because they had been they they'd been watching a little bit of the clips that had been going around. Uh, in uh, you know who who was it? I don't know. They they probably just OD'd on Maxine Waters' uh highlights for the last uh, the the week before that, and they all knew new words and phrases. <laughs> weird. It's just so weird. I can't stand the people we live with. Go, going back to this idea of uh, climate refugees, Zach, you're down in Florida. Do you think do you think I can get the Florida taxpayer to to take me in as a refugee from January 1st till April 1st every every year? Is there is there any program like that in Florida for us people that live up in the cold? Well, they they actually have something called the homestead tax exemption, where if you have a home that you reside in a majority of the year then you will get a certain percentage off of your property taxes. So you could come down here for, I believe, eight months and then head on back up to uh, uh, the Great White North for the last portion of the year or maybe, I don't know, go up there during the summer, whatever you want to do. And uh, that would allow you to collect the homestead property tax exemption. Now, you would also be able to claim Florida as your home state, which means that you would no longer have to pay personal income taxes, which let me tell you, it used to be a big deal, but now all my fucking money is gone. It's all, it's all going to just live. So it, whereas before, when I first got to Florida, I was like, wow, this is great. Like, I actually have extra money now. It's not here anymore. <laughs> At least you're growing fruit on fruit trees and yeah. you can subsidize a little bit of that or, or you know, negate a little bit of that. Uh, that actually sounds like a great thing to me. I would love to be able to just be operating somewhere else from January to April. It is just, I can't tell you the weeks I'm done with having those. And Zach, I know, you know, this just from being up here initially. Yeah. I can't stand the weeks where I'm barely outside. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be regular in working out again until about mid March. Because I I work out outside. There's nothing to do inside. You mm -hmm. just, I hate it. I really. I'll tell you what, Frank, uh, because of how high the humidity is down here, too, you are going to sweat those pounds off as quickly as you possibly can. You're not even going to understand, like, how quick you're losing the weight. It's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, but, you know, there was something to be said for those beautiful, fresh, snow capped mornings when you go outside. And there's like a foot or two of untouched snow on the ground. Everything is coated in this just beautiful puffy white clouds. And 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 all of the noise of the city is is deafened and nothing is echoing. And, you know, you go outside and it's like perfectly still. And then you hear the first snow plow coming through. And then it's wrecked. But, you know, I, I love I used to love actually going out in the mornings like first thing. I thought that was the coolest. Uh -huh. I don't know. You, you can keep it. You can keep all the snow fresh or otherwise. I want nothing to do with any of it anymore. I'm so ready to to ne to never live in the cold again. I can't stand it. I can't freaking stand it. Um, 
All right, let's let's do our our uh, our final sponsors here, and then we'll finish up here on the other side. Uh, next up, we have Love Litters. Uh, attention, all you Badlanders with purring pals and feathered friends, say hello to Love Litters. One hundred percent kiln dried wood, free from chemicals, and oh so kind to Mother Earth. No dust, no mess, and no toxins. Just a lightweight solution that's gentle on your wallet and even gentler in your home. Our biodegradable filter. Our litter is crafted from wood destined for landfills, giving it a new purpose in your pet's life. Cats love it. Our astonishing formula works like magic to neutralize that notorious cat urine odor, keeping your home pine fresh and welcoming. For bird lovers, it zaps moisture from bird droppings, crumbling them away, all while being safe if pecked or ingested. For reptiles uh, and critters too, our mix is crafted to dilute the pine scent, ensuring those little lungs stay happy and healthy. Plus, every 30-pound bag of love litters will last up to six months, saving you money. Transform your pet care routine today. Visit badlandsmedia.tv forward slash litter. That's badlandsmedia.tv forward slash litter. And breathe easy with a litter that loves your pet as much as you do and then we've got a quick video here from our good friend mike lindell over at my pillow to celebrate the new year we're having the biggest sale ever on overstock clearance and brand new products for example save 60 percent on our goose down comforters the best comforters ever they go perfectly with our my pillow bed sheets and duvet covers Save 25% on our brand new kitchen towels. They're made with the same technology as our famous My Towels. Our initial quantities are extremely low, so get them now before they go. Our seasonal flannel sheets are finally in. You save up to 50% and they sell out fast every year, so order now. They're truly the best flannel sheets you'll ever sleep on. Or save up to 80% on all our clearance items. And this is where it gets even better. For a limited time, your entire order ships absolutely free. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use that promo code to get deep discounts on all MyPillow products. And for a limited time, your order ships absolutely free. All right, we are back. Big thank you to MyPillow and Love Litters. Uh, for sponsoring the show and uh let's let's spend uh the last 10 15 minutes or so let's talk about uh special counsel uh hers report that came out again right after i think we we went off air uh last week basically saying that biden willfully mis mishandled classified uh sensitive information a crime you know if it was anybody else but he said that they they wouldn't charge him they wouldn't charge him uh, because they didn't think they'd get a conviction. They'd say a jury would see him as an, a forgetful, well, well-meaning elderly man, calling calling him out for not being able to remember when he served as vice president, when his son Bo died, uh, all kind of all kind of stuff in there. You know, you could you could take it a number of different ways. Uh, I thought it was kind of an interesting catch twenty two situation to put the Biden administration in. It's either they argue that he is does have a good enough memory to be prosecuted or they kind of accept the l that he is a senile old man and really not capable of running the country uh what, what did you guys think of the out or the, the the lack of prosecution and and the content of the report well i, I think you just put it jeff carlson put out a tweet that was pretty to the point and it essentially was that that point right there 
It's just what, where do you want to pivot with this? That he is too old and senile to prosecute or, uh, but what does that mean? Because there's, there's crimes. There's at least at the very least negligence going on here. Obviously we have that same kind of flowery language, that forgiving language that was trotted out with the Hillary Clinton investigation that Peter Strzok developed, uh, extremely careless, <laughs> negligent, grossly negligent. It's a crime to be extremely careless with certain things, you know? So, so it's just one of those, uh, it's one of those situations where you're going to see the most pathetic people on the planet have to make hard decisions as to what route they're going to take in explaining this away and rationalizing it because admitting defeat even at this point is just going to be a bridge too far um i don't know and, and, and the other thing, the other thing here too is what did he get elected in uh, did he get elected in in november of 2020 and then declined rapidly this is the same person that we were laughing at all throughout the so-called election year that 2020 was Mm-hmm. this bad they were keeping him away from te- from teleprompters and, and 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 cameras in 2020 it's always been this bad yeah but, yeah. yeah so you know here's the thing they they've they've walked themselves into a corner because you can't have it both ways he, first of all negligence or ignorance are no escaping the laws of the land okay like it doesn't matter if you're too stupid to know you broke the law or you're, you know, or or you're willingly breaking the law, but you just think you're going to get away, get away with it. Uh, I mean, think about that guy, that that 80 year old guy who shot the cartel member who was running across his property with an AK-47. They charged that guy with first degree murder. Okay, so you can't tell me that well-meaning elderly gentlemen don't get charged with serious crimes all the time. So either Joe Biden is is too elderly and infirmed to remember when his son died or when he was vice president or that he had taken classified documents and read them to his biographer or he can't run the country because of his incompetence. Okay. You can't have it that he's an elderly old man, but he's well enough to run the country. I mean, it's either or. Okay. And they have firmly positioned him as somebody who is too incompetent to even be prosecuted. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that quite honestly, what they've done is made a case for him to be removed. Uh, I mean, you know, if he doesn't have a medical emergency, then I, I think that they're going to have to get rid of him in some way uh, because to, to they know that he's not going to win. They know that Kamala Harris is hated even more than he is. And so the only hope that they have is to try to position somebody else to grab the baton and try to take it across the finish line, but they're going to stumble and knock their teeth out on the track too. Yeah. Do you, do you think that this was written that way as, as a way to, you know, basically not have the system prosecute itself, but still get Biden out of the way for 2024? Was this, was this strategic to, to try to bring in a, a, a switch hitter here or a, a pinch hitter rather? I mean, I, I think, I think that's the only thing that makes any sense. You know, I mean, her didn't have to say any of those things. You know, I mean, he could have just said, oh, you know, he would, you saw what Joe Biden did in the press conference, besides not remembering our lady of whoever it was that gave him the uh, the rosary. Um, you know, he, he blamed it on his staff. All right. Well, that's not what her found. Her found that Biden willingly took those documents and he shared them with his biographer 
Uh, he was not president. He did not have the authority to remove them. He took stuff from a skiff, same as Hillary Clinton. And so what they've done, you know, ultimately is created the the most convincing case that all prosecutions against Donald Trump are political in nature and that he's being selectively prosecuted. You know, Hillary Clinton was extremely careless. You know, Joe Biden is incompetent and infirmed. But Donald Trump is a mastermind who, although although he was president of the United States, is not deserving of presidential immunity. Uh, so, you know, this goes back to the beginning of the show. All of those cases, I think, are going to collapse because none of them hold any true weight. Now, what will be really interesting is if, let's say, the Supreme Court ultimately finds that Donald Trump isn't deserving of presidential immunity. That opens up every president before and after him to prosecution from the political uh, opposition. And that will be very interesting because I think even if Donald Trump does go to court on these cases, you know, I think that he's he's not going to get any significant punishments. I think he's going to beat them. So let's say that happens and then Donald Trump wins in November, or maybe let's just say he wins before the cases conclude, then everything becomes moot because now he's president. He could go ahead and just give himself uh, a, a universal pardon uh, forward and backwards and uh, turn around and say, hey, now... <laughs> Now that you've set the stage, now that you have made the precedent, we're going to go ahead and use that precedent uh, to round up all of these people who we knew broke the law, people who were using the uh, the, the system that's been put in place, uh, the bureaucracy of the federal government and all of these agencies that have been weaponized in a political way. And we're going to use that now to take you guys down. I don't know that that's going to happen, but I mean, I think it'd make a great movie. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um so the White House is being pressed about taking a cognitive test or Joe Biden taking a cognitive test. Yeah, okay. he'll never take a cognitive test. You know, wouldn't it be funny if they like like tricked him into taking a cognitive test? You know, like, hey, Joe, we just got some questions we want you to answer. And then you get ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Every time he goes in front of a camera, it's a cognitive test. Oh, true, true, true. But it's already a, it's a pre-failed one, though, too, because it's just everybody who is not in the bag or is not being paid to support this corpse is just knows the way things are. And it's just becoming harder and harder to to, to stand up against this now. So, uh, yeah, like 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 you guys and many other people, when I read. Even just those excerpts from Robert Hur's report, I said, all right, well, uh, this is a supposed independent source that is giving but but you know we're really in, in for us we're not that's that was that yeah, i think okay i said here's a supposed independent source that's giving everybody permission to start considering how we we thank the very well-meaning joe biden for his service <laughs> just need a little bit uh, we just we need to go in a, in a different direction. You were the guy. You were the experience that we needed to pull us out of the darkness of 2020 and out of the darkness that was Donald Trump. And now you've done everything you can, and we want you to enjoy your retirement. I just feel like they're giving themselves permission. Now, it, 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 it would be a perfect setup, but then again, we thought that his transition was being, was being previewed 58,000 times prior. And nothing, nothing happened. We we didn't think that he was going to actually make it to the first debate in 2020. So right. who know who knows? But right now, especially with hers, um, 
report out there. It, it, it sounds like permission to me to let go. Here, here, here's a clip of the press sec. Oh, good, Zach. I was just going to say my audio cut out and I haven't heard anything you guys have said. I'm trying to figure out what the heck's going on. Oh, we heard yours. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe I need to uh, say something now. Hello. Check, check. One, okay. Two, cool. Okay. It's working. Good stuff. Uh, I'll, I'll play one, one more quick little clip here. This is uh, Corinne Jean Pierre uh talking about the the potential of joe biden taking a cognitive test and this is this has been the the talking points coming out of the white house is how they're handling it it's pretty funny does the white house think that the the idea of the president taking a cognition test a cognitive test as a part of this uh physical is a legitimate idea particularly just on the heels of the special counsel report more polling as my colleague selena just mentioned showing that Many American people have concerns about that. Look, I got this question last week as well, and I'm just going to say what the what uh, Dr. O'Connor. It's kind of a uh, what he said to me about a year ago uh, when the report came out last year, uh, obviously on his physical, uh, which is the president proves every day how he operates, how he thinks, right? But by dealing with world leaders, by making really difficult decisions on behalf of the, the American people, whether it's domestic, whether it's national security. And so he shows it every day on how he thinks, how he operates. Uh, and so that is how, uh, that is how the, Dr. O'Connor sees it, and that's how I'm gonna leave it. Uh, taking that kind of a test. And I believe, for me, you're asking me my personal opinion, uh, he is sharp. Uh, he is on top of things. He, when we have uh, meetings with him, with his staff, he's constantly pushing us, getting, trying to get more information. And so that has been my experience with this president. Uh, anything else outside of that, uh, I just shared with you what Dr. O'Connor said to me. So there you go. The fact that he has meetings. <laughs> Inspires confidence. <laughs> he meets every with doctors and pharmacists every day. <laughs> that's all it takes all right zach i know you got your show in a few minutes why don't you go ahead and uh, let us know what you got going on and go ahead and get yourself set up i'm going to be doing a breakdown of the uh, uh revelations coming out of fanny willis's uh, hearing today uh and then a whole bunch of other stuff <laughs> so come find me at 5 p.m. Uh, and if you don't see me on Red Pill News Live, then, of course, you can find me on Truth and Twitter and Gab and Getter. I've even got a telegram where I will post pictures of the wildlife and the and the fruits that were growing around the house. Uh, and so I uh, sincerely hope I see you guys there. And thank you, as always, for having me, guys. It was good to see you. Thanks, Zach. All right. Peace. There he goes. Zach Payne, redpill78news.com, going live in three minutes over on his channel, Red Pill 78 Frank, what do you got going on tonight, man? Uh, first of all, the, the, the is my how's my audio still decent? Sounds good, but whenever there's crosstalk of any kind, you just go completely mute, basically. It's weird. Yeah, like right there, I can't hear anything you're saying while I'm talking. It's completely silent. No clue why this happens to me. So uh, anyway. I'm happy that uh, we got to hang out again. I'm going to go to the studio in a little bit to prepare for prepare to prepare my seven o'clock show. Matt uh, Matthew Rife is on the show. He's the great nephew of Doctor Royal Rife, who created the Rife machine. Oh, cool! 
So I'm going to ask him a little bit about the Ripe Machine then and now. So apparently he has all of his great uncle's work um, that he has inherited and he's just, uh, you know, pursuing everything that's been laid before. So it'll be a little bit of like an alternative medical device kind of a night. I think that'll be fun. Second half, opening up the calls, uh, the lines for calls on a number of things, including people to share their Lenten promises and sacrifices and um, I don't know, a number of other things, but that's it. Thursday night in a nutshell. I've used a Rife machine before. That's that's like paradigm shattering shit. If it was ever given the time of day and um, act like the actual medical community instead of being just suppressed like everything else that that would take money out of the the pockets of these these cartels. Holy shit! I mean, the what, what did you use PMF uh, PEMF for? Um, I can't remember. It, so I used to I used to do a show with this guy named Doctor Misak. He's a holistic doctor in the area. He's he's a really brilliant man. Um, but he had uh, a Rife machine. He had all these different things that he would use on people. For me, he just let me try it. I was just curious about it. I can't remember what he, he what what he exactly like what frequencies he put into it for me. But the this guy's like a, a total total genius. And um, the the Rife machine. He told me all kind of stories about how you know that was able to help people with all kind of different things. I don't fully understand all the science behind it, but um, there there was a lot that he did. Different kind of like blood tests, different kind of like frequency tests, like the the to see your food sensitivities and allergies. Like it was it was stuff that you would never never get from a traditional you know Western doctor. Uh, but I, I always told people I did a like a two hour consultation with him, we'll call it, and I learned more about my health and my my physical well-being in that two hours and I have ever in my entire life just because of the, the different way that they went they go about it uh really really cool stuff it's yeah it's worthy of of, uh, of exploring and and as you said before the it's one of those patterns very easy to recognize exploration is suppressed mm -hmm. no yeah that's just it so uh we're gonna you know just follow our curiosity tonight a little bit and and see where it all leads and tomorrow's friday and thank god for the weekend but thank you everything for everything adel i'll talk to you soon right on frank thanks man all right there he goes frankie val of the quite frankly show he goes live from 7 to 9 p.m eastern time monday through friday go check him out at quite frankly.tv again zach Payne of red pill 78 red pill 78 news.com my name is adel nero my channel is 412 productions hope you guys will come find me across any of our platforms uh, check me out on Rumble, uh, DLive, Odyssey, CloudHub, and uh, on Twitter, I'm 412Anon87, uh, on Truth Social at 412. Uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Let me go ahead and thank some of our gold pill chats today. Just a few here, so we'll, we'll run through these and then say goodbye. Floyd with a tucking it back cookie. Thank you so much, Floyd. I appreciate you, man. Boys Blanc says doors are shut, audience full. Let's roll right on. Thanks, Boys Blanc. Marge, thank you for the shades. Water Wizard, thank you for the can. Richard Lyles, thank you for the can. Bacon Slut, thank you for the cookie. D Patriot, say hi to D Lurker for us. Uh, and uh, thank you for the cookie. Boys Blanc with another cookie. Thank you so much. And then Floyd, due diligence with the Kansas cheers to another great show. Thank you, Floyd. I appreciate it. I appreciate all of you guys so much. Um, all of your support. Let's see. We did 1500 gold pills today. Let's just, we'll, we'll, we'll let that build up. 
uh, for tomorrow's scratch. And tomorrow's Friday, we'll have Belushi joining the panel. Should be a lot of fun. And uh, we'll wrap up the week, hopefully have some laughs. And and, uh, and then Saturday, we'll do the Saturday morning chat. I'll take your calls. We'll, uh, we'll listen to some music and just get our weekend off to a good start. Thank you guys again so much for tuning in. Share the links. Uh, please give us a follow anywhere you're willing to. And we'll see you guys on the next one for Frankie Val and Zach Payne. My name is Adel Nero. This has been Taking It Back, a 412 production syndicated by our good friends over on Badlands Media. You guys have a wonderful rest of your Thursday night. We'll see you all on the next one. Bye, everybody.